And we will hear really in, in a few moments within the, the Eucharistic liturgy, right before I consume the, the body and blood of Christ and, and then you too as well, the words, behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sin of the world. The French biblical scholar Michel de Goethe says that this is a, a prime example of what he calls a revelatory formula. Right? Person A sees person B. Person A says something about person B, and then person A says something further, more revealing about person B. In this case, the mission. Right? John sees Jesus. John calls Jesus the Lamb of God. And then John describes what that means, that he is to take away the sin of the world. Right? He says, he sees Jesus. He says, behold, look. Right? Wake up. Don't miss about what I'm about to say. To understand, though, this, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? we have to understand what that would have meant for a Jew in the time of Jesus, literally. Right? What is it for John to call Jesus a lamb? All right, and for us to really understand what it means to be called a lamb and what's the significance around it, we have to go back and understand what was uh, so common among all the different religions of the time, um, really up until modern-day Christianity. I mean, we still have a sacrifice, right, just as, 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 as uh, all the ancient religions did, but that's what they did to worship. In order to worship, we had to have a sacrifice. And in the case of ancient religions, you had to have an animal sacrifice. And the primary animal sacrifice of ancient Israel was the lamb itself. Right? A primary, but also a daily sacrifice that they, they offered. Right? That's how people worshipped God. That's how they made a petition to him. That's how they offered sacrifice. It's really memorialized, as, as you might recall, the story of, of, of Moses leading the exodus out of Egypt. Right? As, as God tells uh, the people of Israel, through Moses, sacrifice a lamb right, of, 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 of sheep or of goats. Mark the blood upon the doorposts and then partake of that, that sacrificial meal and then go out on journey so that it strengthens you. Right? And this is what they did over and over, year after year, to celebrate the Passover. Again, they would sacrifice that lamb. And that's what, again, John calls Jesus. He calls him the lamb. He calls him ultimately, really, he calls him sacrifice. What exactly is a sacrifice, though? Right? Sacrifice, it's just a word that we oftentimes use within the, the sporting terminology. But sacrifice is, is derived from the Latin words sacer and facio. Right? It, it may, ultimately means to, to make something holy, to make it something integral. <laughs> Right? To make that which is broken, that which is messed up, that which is lacking, or that which is excessive, to bring it back into integration itself. Right? I give up something of value so as to receive or to give to another something of greater value for their holiness, their integration. I was thinking back this week uh, about a, um, a time within college itself. It was my sophomore year. And uh, my, my, my roommate, and he and his girlfriend uh, were very big into, into the ju social justice arena of, of homeless awareness. And so they organized um, this homeless awareness night where they, they decided instead of uh, everybody sleeping in their beds as we, we normally do, <laughs> that are really comfortable um, and they're, they're temperature controlled, he said they decided, well, let's um, all just get sleeping bags and sleep outside. <laughs> and... Uh, 
I did. He was my roommate. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't tell him, but I kind of did it like internally kicking and screaming and stuff because it was a sacrifice. <laughs> but it was a wonderful sacrifice because going out into Centennial Village there at Catholic U in the middle of, of the night and, and having to get up that next morning and having not really slept well, right? We, we felt it. And I remember it to this day, right? It was, it was something that brought greater value to my life, to something that was lacking, you know, solidarity with, with those who have absolutely nothing when it comes to homes themselves. Not only did it provide an example for me and a greater awareness for me, but it brought, me, it brought all those people who saw us that night to a greater, greater awareness too as well, right? We gave up something so that we could receive or give something greater to somebody else. Okay, that's what John is calling Jesus. He is a lamb. He is the sacrifice but he's not just a lamb or he's not just a sacrifice. He's a lamb or a sacrifice of, of one person in particular. Right? That, that one person in particular is not you or me. He's not our sacrifice. No, Jesus is the lamb of God. Right? He is God's sacrifice. Right? We, 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 can't, we can't own that sacrifice. We could participate in it. and We'll talk about that in a second. We could participate in it. But that's God's sacrifice. What did God see that was so broken? I mean, we know the answer, right? Ontologically within us, innately within us, we all know whether we've learned it. No, really instinctually within us, it's in our being that we know that there's something not right about this world. There's something not right about us. There's something incomplete. We know that we're not supposed to die. And that's why God makes the sacrifice of his own son for us. He gives Jesus to us. He allows Jesus to do his will to make the ultimate sacrifice. A sacrifice as, as, a, as a church fathers and as St. Paul and, and all those within the New Testament will say is greater than all the sacrifices, all the slaughtered lambs and animals of the Old Testament. Nothing can compare with the sacrifice of God within his son, Jesus. That sacrifice has often been times referred to as redemption, right? Redemption itself means what? It means to, to buy back. That's what God is doing with his sacrifice. The sacrifice that he gives, who does he give it to? It's very interesting. You're probably not going to pick up on it. Who does he give that sacrifice to? Who owns us through sin? Satan. Satan owns us. Every time we mess up, every time we fail, he owns us. He's owned us, he's owned us since the garden itself. So God offers that sacrifice to him. And as the church fathers speak of it, it's a, a sacrifice that's the greatest trick ever, right? I'll give you my son on the cross, but guess what? I get everybody back that wants eternal life, that wants to live with purpose the way that I created them. See, that's what this holy sacrifice of the Mass is about. It's representing exactly what Jesus did for us as he became the Lamb of God, as he became the sacrifice of God. We represent that, the priest, I represent that within the Holy Mass itself. And then I offer it to myself and I offer it to each one of you to strengthen us on the journey that we face on a daily basis throughout the world. John the Baptist didn't just recognize this, but each of the apostles after him recognized it too as well. Right, this was not the... the, the 
this would not just be the first time that John would call him the, the behold the Lamb of God, right? There was a second time, a couple verses after that. It, it's a, it's a, a saying that ultimately led John and, and, and some of the other apostles to follow Jesus. Peter himself picks up on it and never forgot what John said that day. Right? As he says in 1 Peter, you were ransomed from your futile conduct, not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as, a, as of a spotless unblemished lamb. As, as Paul picked up and, and realized as he was taught by the apostles and as he came to encounter Christ, our Paschal Lamb, Christ, has been sacrificed. Whereas John, the writer of, of, of this gospel, but also the book of Revelation, right in Revelation he talks about the Lamb 29 times. <laughs> the saints worship the lion-like slain Lamb that is now standing, we hear, within the fifth chapter. Or within the 21st chapter, we hear about the Lamb that has 12 apostles. Another great reference to the glorified Jesus. John, within his own gospel, again, just and just quotes John the Baptist as saying, Behold the Lamb of God twice. Right? He goes on to further to develop this, this, this concept about what is taking place within the person of Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God. Jesus dies within John's gospel at the very hour that the lambs would have been, been slaughtered at that Passover celebration. And as John recounts in taking Jesus down from the cross, right, the, he notes none of his bones were broken, right, paralleling the exodus sacrifice requirements for the lamb itself. It had to be an unblemished lamb, but also a lamb whose bones were not broken. He ultimately fulfills Isaiah's prophecy. Though harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter. Brothers and sisters, as you participate within the holy sacrifice of the Mass today, be attentive. Listen, listen, behold, look, wake up, look up, listen to the words of the Eucharistic prayer, and you'll hear the word sacrificed repeatedly used over and over and over again. That an offering too as well. Right? Again, this is God's sacrifice. We ourselves bring our own brokenness. We bring our own frailties. We bring the little gifts, the, the money that oftentimes we put in the plates, the, the gifts that, that come up. Right? But we give exactly what God has given us. We can't give anything more than that. Right? But he has the perfect sacrifice upon which he wants to feed us and nourish us, but also that we ourselves can participate in. What sacrifice, brothers and sisters, can you make to respond to the lamb and sacrifice of God? Reflect upon that this week.